Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes but has questions. In short, the program's designed for someone just like me. There's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily something soul-shaking, it might just be something that's been on my mind for a while. I find that rather than getting into a deep chapter and verse theological discussion, sometimes just a casual front porch style talk of the pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program's all about. Today's guest, Lance O'Donnell of St. Paul Lutheran Church in Akamanawak, Wisconsin. I have my questions, and I'm sure you have yours. You can send your questions by email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org or call in during the program at area code 314-8210850 in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, or toll-free in the lower 48 at 1-800-730-2727. Oh, what was that noise, Lance? I don't know. Oh, that phone sounds really bad. I didn't hear anything major here. Oh, I'm gonna, Are we on the air? Yeah, we're on the air, but I've got a real buzz here. I'll tell you what, Lance, I'm going to uh, have my uh, producer call you back. Apparently, there's a line problem here. Oh, boy, what all sorts of fun. You can never tell what's going to happen. So I'm going to get a hold of Jenny, our, our uh, producer. And I'm going to have her call, and we'll see what happens here. Uh, hello, Jenny. Got a line problem here with, with Lance. If you could try calling that number again and maybe get through to him. Oh, well, you know, maybe it's because of the weather. We've been having thunderstorms here in the St. Louis region all day, all day. And, of course, where Lance is, Akamanawak, Wisconsin, has got to be buried under snow. But we've got a lot going on. Uh, you know, we're having the uh, what we call the... Uh, Make Disciples for Life program. It's going on here right now at the uh, International Center of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. We have church leaders and lay people come from all over the country. They're gathering here, and we're doing a series of seminars on how to not just attract more people to the church, but to keep them there once we get them. And you know, that's a really important thing. Because, you know, church Church membership actually is declining, you know, all across the board, not just us, but many other churches as well. Although significantly, I saw a study recently that compared the uh, situation with uh, what we're doing here at the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, as opposed to the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, which has a much more liberal view of theology than do we. And they are losing at a much faster pace than we are. And I'm wondering, just for the sake of argument, could it be that people just thirst really for the true gospel message? Because that's what we do here at the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. You know, the Bible says what it means, and we believe that. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily go to other, to uh, something just because it's, it's uh, popular. Ah, uh, Lance, we got you back. Yes. Ah, good. It's clear now. Okay. I don't know. I was, I was on speaker, so I just picked up the handset, so... Okay, well, maybe that was... My apologies to our listeners. Ah, well, shame upon you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Lance, I was just mentioning that we're having our uh, Making uh, making uh, Disciples for Life program here going on. In the right, I understand Center. that. And it's a really important thing. It's You know, we're, we're not just learning about how to attract members, but to keep the members. And that's the really important thing, I think. 
Because you know the membership is declining all across the board in all churches. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it is absolutely a both hand. Um, you have a, you have a responsibility to, and, I, and that's a regular part of uh, of my prayers. Actually, that that we, the Lord bless our efforts to to strengthen and to expand His kingdom. Well, hopefully that'll happen. I mean, we're, you know, God never promised us it was going to be easy. Yeah. No, in fact, He says it. He in fact says it was going to be difficult, right? At Paul and I'm thinking Paul and the missionary journeys as he visits these churches that had many areas in many places where they had uh, run him out and tried to kill him. Um, and he goes back and visits and appoints pastors and encourages people and says it is through tribulation that we enter the kingdom of God. And we come back stronger. So help us, God. With, yes. yeah, I was going to say, with God. We can't do it on our own. So we got a little bit off topic here, uh, what, what I wanted to talk about. Uh, Lance, you know, there's a, a situation that all of us face at one time or the other, I think. Yeah. And that is when role reversal between the parent and the child, when the Older parents are no longer able to take care of themselves, and then the child assumes a custodial view, a custodial role over the parents. You know, and what does the Bible say about this? You know, there's the fourth commandment: honor thy father and thy mother. Is that really honoring them when you suddenly treat these these people who have been your guidance all your life to almost to the role of a child? And what do the parents think about this? What is their role when they suddenly find themselves diminished? And, you know, it, it is a problem. Uh, my brother and I faced that with, uh, with my parents when they, when they got older. And now my brother's sons, my nephews, are facing it with him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, and so... What's the age difference between you and your brother? Nine years. My, yeah, yeah my, he's older or younger? Much older, yeah. World War yeah. II got him between the two of us. Wow, okay, wow, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he's, that's, he's, well, he's, and, and you and I are, well, it's not, you know, we're in a, a similar boat. I have, you know, my mother is younger, but, you know, we're in that beginning stage of, you know, she's, uh, she's packing up to move right now yeah. um, to be closer to my brother, and, you know, we were having conversations you know, Ma, you know, there, there, there are things that we think mom should do. Um, on the other hand, she's a grown woman and fully capable um, and doesn't want us telling her what to do. Yeah. And it is, uh, it's tough. It is, is really tough. I mean, it's very challenging. And you're, you know, you're right that this is fundamentally, I think, a reflection on the fourth commandment. And, in Luther's wonderful explanation, which draws on the teaching of Jesus. Can, so, can we explore that a little bit heavier? More uh, yeah, absolutely. So the fourth commandment, uh, honor your father and your mother, right? And, and Luther's wonderful explanation is we should fear and love God so that we not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. And... I talk about this all the time as a pastor, with especially with with uh, with teenagers. You know, I, I think at the very root of a lot of teenage angst is, you know, especially in family life, is you know you recognize that your parents are imperfect people, but you don't yet have the emotional intelligence 
to be able to deal with that well. And so we react all kinds of different ways to that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, remember when I was a teenager, you know, I, I always... I always valued my parents, but there were times I thought, boy, they really don't know what's going on. Boy, was I stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that, and you you always have, I mean, they're always your mom and dad. So the the call to to honor and the commandment always abides. And yet the relationship changes over time, and especially once you get married. Right, that's the command from in Genesis: a uh, man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and the two become one flesh. Mm-hmm. There's a different family there, and your primary responsibility is then to your wife and your and your children. But that doesn't mean there's no responsibility to your parents. No, and, and that's that, and that's often, a life that often gives you vocational conflict. <laughs> Boy, does it! I remember. Um when my my parents uh, were, were older, uh, my my dad was semi invalid, and mother kept having heart attacks. She had bad heart, and uh, either my brother or I always had to go on out to uh, Florida to take care of them. And uh, my brother would take vacation time, and I was working as a freelance writer at the time, so I was able to take more time. Uh, but boy, you know, we had to up up tr- overturn all of our schedules. You know, it was just, there was just no question we had to do this. Right. But what was more difficult was sitting here and trying to, um, I mean, actually, I actually scolded my parents at one point. Sure. <laughs> and, oh, man, did that. Oh. Well, this, I, in th- this crosses, it's such a great question, Kip, because it, it crosses so many different areas of our Christian life. I mean, there, there's the honor there, but there's at the heart of it is forgiveness. And sometimes we need to forgive our parents for being stubborn. Um, sometimes our parents need to forgive us for being stubborn or being selfish or whatever. There's the call to, uh, as Paul says in Ephesians, to speak the truth in love. Um, I think that's a lot harder in many respects, often within families, than it is with non-family members. I don't know how you feel about that. I, I think I think I agree with you on that. Uh, and again, you know, you come from from the position, you know, you're never really an adult when you're around your parents. You know, there's there there is a a, a cliche that I think is actually has a grain of truth to it, and that is that the boy is never a man until his father dies. That's an interesting turn. Um. Yeah, I don't, well, that may be true. I guess my father died when I was 23, and that was, you know, that was an absolute uh, big change for us. Um, You know, but I also, you know, I also saw my father, you know, I was 23 when Dad died. Um, You know, my father was in the process of of changing our relationship. And, And that, for him, began especially when I could legally sit down and have a beer with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember very vividly coming back from college, you know, and I went to school over a thousand miles away from home. And so I wasn't home that often. You know, I remember coming back, you know, after I had turned 21 while I was away at school and, you know, dad and I went out and had a beer. I'll never forget that conversation because he talked to me as a man and told me some things uh as a man that were very private and personal. Um, and it was absolutely an invitation 
into a more adult and deeper relationship. An initiation, as it were. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's something, um, you know, I have a 21-year-old daughter uh, and a 19-year-old son, a 16-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son. And my my son, uh, Aiden, who's 19, just came back from spending five days uh, helping his grandma pack mm. for her move um, to be near one of, to, to be near my brother. And, you know, it's been fun um, and different because he's starting to grow up, you know, and we're talking about, you know, we laughed with my mom uh, yesterday. <laughs> you know, mom, you are wonderfully stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he said it, he got off the plane and, you know, they laughed about it. They have a wonderful relationship, but he got off the plane. I said, how did it go? And he, he, he was smiled and he loves his grandma. And he said, you know, she is a stubborn old lady sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and she herself, she herself uh, admits it. You know, and we were together in, in Florida for a brief period for a couple of days after Christmas, you know, and, and amidst me and my brother and sister uh, doing a little lamenting about that. Mm-hmm. And my brother said, says to me, you know, Lance, you're going to be the same way. Uh, and i have i of course i shook my head uh, a little bit but uh, i suspect it's true (laughs) yeah my brother's like that too he's the uh he's uh stubborn doesn't quite (laughs) it's too mild a term Um, (laughs) obstinate Pig-headed? <laughs> no, yeah. I, a mutual acquaintance of ours once uh, described the two of us saying that uh, uh, Mike was the, Mike's the smart one. I'm the nice one. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm real, I am really thankful to have the discussion and, and have your, and, and your, your question. Because this, I see this as a pastor, I see this struggle all the time. Oh, absolutely. I, I imagine a lot of your parishioners have to come to you and say, how do I deal with this? What does God uh, and, and on both on both sides of it, you know, both there's the, you know, how do I, how do I deal with mom and dad? And then there, I also get the, you know, because I have a congregation with multiple generations. I got one family in my parish. I think I have five, five generations wow. represented in one family, which is amazing. Um, and and yet, and yet you and yet you have, and not necessarily with this family, but um, you've got grandma and grandpa or great grandma and grandpa that um, you know talk to me about you know I'm sick of getting bossed around by so and so, and then you got the kids saying, "Man, mom is so stubborn," or "Dad is so stubborn." So um, yeah, I get in the middle of that all the time. Yeah, and it is it is difficult. Uh... I remember one of the most heartbreaking things that I had to do uh, was right after my uh, my mother died. Uh, as I mentioned, my dad was semi-invalid, and uh, mother right. had been his main uh, his main uh, caregiver. They were living in a, in an apartment. They had their own apartment in this retirement yep. community, and my brother and I had to move him over to uh, over to the assisted living. 
And oh, it, from the apartment. From the apartment. You know, the, the apartment yeah. had to go. Mike and I had to pack it up and everything. But, you know, we had we had to move quickly. That was the problem with it. And, you had to move quickly, and right? And he knows what's going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no mental deterioration at all, just physical. And, yeah. You know, j- just knowing the, the hell that he was going through right there. You know, he'd been married. My parents have been married for 60 years. Wow. And... Uh, Suddenly, there's a situation that the, the home that they shared, all the belongings that they had, and it was all going away. And, you know, Mike and I were the ones that had, had to go and say, Dad, this has to be done. And and he knew it, but that didn't make it any easier for him or for us, no. for that matter. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's so sudden. I mean, what you want to be able to do is kind of slowly go through the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and piece through and remember and you know you and yet you know you and yet you you're dealing with some business and they you need your stuff out of there and it's got to be out of there in a couple hours yeah yeah it is really quick it was a you know we divided the uh, when my mother died we my brother and I kind of divided the uh, uh, the, the labor where uh, Mike would go over the uh, belongings and take care of that when where I would take care of all the legal side you know calling the, the funeral home and making insurance and doing other other things. And uh, we worked together actually quite well, but still, I mean, it was just, you know, we we go through the items, we go through the things, and we would find these things that both he and I had known as children that right. we had grown up with. And, you know, and then my mother not being there, that was just, woo, weird. You know, she was she was always this, this present. My brother called her a force of nature, which I think is a very, <laughs> very good, act, uh, very good description. Uh but then to see the effect on my father, this this grand man, and uh, you know he died less than a year after that. I think he probably just lost the will at that point. Yeah, I see that a lot too. Um, and you know I hope, yeah, and actually you know and quite frankly I pray that I have that kind of depth of love and longevity that my wife, with my wife, that. Um, that it's like that, you know, and, you know, I mean, it's actually in many, in, in, in many respects, it's a wonderful thing. You know, you, your dad loved your mom. They had a long marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden she's gone. And, um, it's a devastating thing. Yeah. It's very sudden. She died very suddenly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's no protracted illness. And it was, it was weird. I mean, she had been in the hospital. <clears throat> she had she had had a very mild heart attack and was in the hospital. And she was actually scheduled to be discharged that day. And mm-hmm. she had been on the phone talking to one of her friends, making arrangements for what they were going to do when they got out, you know, and go for lunch, blah, blah, blah. <sighs> Fifteen minutes after she hangs up the phone, she's dead. Oh, my. Yeah. As I said, it was completely... completely. And your dad is invalid. Yeah, yeah. And And she had been his caretaker? Yeah, yeah. Although um, (laughs) it turned out it was kind of a blessing as that dad was in the hospital at the same time this happened. So, you know, he he wasn't alone at home. Uh, But, uh, oh, gee. Well, thankfully, and I'm sorry to hear that, that, you know, your brother and your nephews are going through this with your brother right now. I'm, I'm thankful for your sake that you and your brother got along well. Yeah, we um, did. Because that is, I, I, you know, I often see that not the case. 
uh, the death of a parent, uh, I, you know, and especially arguments over an estate, mm-hmm. often rips fem- families asunder. And it's a, it is a, it's a devastating thing to observe. So, you know, I'm glad that you and your brother worked well together. I see, you know, I don't, I see enough of family, families not working well together that that just makes it exponentially more difficult. Well, I think maybe that's one thing that the children have to bear in mind is that they are the children of these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the family, whether they like each other or not, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was blessed that, that my brother and I always got along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was never any real problem with that. Nine years, a big difference. It's just the two of you? Yeah, just the two of us. And uh, nine years apart. So, mm-hmm. you know, so he's uh, um, he's in, what, third grade or something when you're born? Yeah, that would be about right. Yeah, he would have been eight years old when I was born. Eight, nine years old. There's my 19-year-old knocking on my door right now making faces at me. <laughs> <laughs> he he drove in to pick up his little brother from school and just decided to mock me through the, my window. <laughs> <laughs> Darn kids! <laughs> uh, right. No, well, you know that's that's you know I love the kid, yeah. um, and you know you want to have the kind of relationship with your parents. I mean, you know, thank thank God that you actually that you struggled. You know, I mean mm-hmm. the. You know, for some of our listeners, I mean, you had a great relationship with your parents and you loved them and you struggled. For for a lot of people, the relationship with the parents isn't great. And that makes dealing with the stuff that we're talking about, I think, exponentially more complicated and and can be devastating. And, you know, it's where and where having a Christian faith, I would like to think, can be particularly helpful, Um, you know, being able to being able to forgive and, and rest in God's forgiveness, even amidst the disappointment. Uh, that can be hard for people who don't know that forgiveness. It can be hard. I, I would think even harder. Actually, my uh, my nephews are going through that problem right now. You know, As I said, my brother and I got, always got along. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was not necessarily the best father. Yeah. And there were some real problems, especially later in life, between, between him and his, and his children. Mm-hmm. And... Now we're facing this situation, and I'm, you know, I've been in more than one joint conversation with with his two sons, saying, "Gee, how do we deal with this?" Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if if I may, you know, pastor is sitting on the front porch with you here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this for me, this crosses both, uh, uh, you know, the pastoral boundary and the personal boundary, and I'm I'm very thankful to have uh, in my mother a wonderful example of um, setting a very bitter past aside to care for her parent. And, um, you know, my, my maternal grandmother had a very troubled life and uh, kind of abandoned my, my mother, her only child, to be raised by uh, her maternal grandparents mm. and um there was it, grandma struggled with alcohol and her whole adult life and uh, when she died she was estranged from her third husband you know and so she ba- she basically abandoned my mom when my mom was a little girl as i understand um 
you know, she was, my mom was being raised by her grandparents, but the grandparents didn't think it was their place to discipline my mother. And so when my mom needed to be disciplined, uh, her mother would come over and discipline her and then leave. Hmm. You know, isn't that crazy? It is. It is. And, um, you know, and so when I was a freshman in college, uh, my grandmother had had a couple strokes and had alcohol issues, and my grandfather, her husband, my grand, her third husband, my grandfather died, and they had to move my mom to a nursing home. And, you know, mom had, she, there wasn't a great deal of affection there for her mother. But, you know, they moved her to that nursing home across the country from California to Mississippi, where my parents were living. They put her in a nursing home um, because she had had a stroke in her midbrain, so her her brain functioned, but everything got scrambled on the way out. Hmm. Um, And so she wasn't able to care for herself. And in this nursing home, five minutes away, they regularly went to visit her and took, you know, did their best they could to, to take care of her and, and show her some love. And my grandmother, who had abandoned, you know, really kind of abandoned the faith, we didn't know much about, you know, she was, her parents had been Methodist missionaries when they were young. Um, after my dad died, and you and I have talked about this before, after my dad died, you know, we all, my whole family, we all repented and ended up back in church. And the next thing you know, uh, we're going in to see my invalid grandmother and giving witness to Christ to her. Ah, how did she take and, that? And, oh, Kip, it just, it makes me want to cry. Um, you know, all she could do, she could raise, she couldn't talk, she could raise an arm, she could blink her eyes. You know, but her grandkids, and then especially her daughter, you know, the daughter that she had abandoned would go into her. And say, Mom, you know, God loves you, and God has forgiven me, you know, and given us life, and he has that for you, too. You know, and I remember, we, you know, somebody asked her, do you believe this? And she could nod her head. You know, my, my grandmother laid on her side, drooling for almost 10 years, mm-hmm. fed by a tube. Ouch. But she died as a Christian. And, um, you know, and she died knowing that her daughter forgave her and was caring for her. And, um, I, you know, here I am on the radio, uh, talking about this. It's been, you know, that simple act of, of humility and forgiving what in many respects was often an unforgivable person has made, has just, has rippled down to a couple other generations now as an example of faith and love. And that would be my encouragement in as much as it's possible for your nephews. Well, that's, uh, we got to take a break right now, but let's carry this conversation on beyond the break, okay? Absolutely. Oh, Lord. 
Chapel serves those who serve the Lord to be receivers of the Word and to remember where our true help is found. Hear God's Word read, preached, confessed, and sung in the broadcast of Daily Chapel from the LCMS International Center in St. Louis weekdays at 10 a.m. on KFUO. The broadcast of Chapel is underwritten by LCMS International Mission and Ministry to the Armed Forces. Did you know that many LCMS military personnel and their families are unable to receive word and sacrament ministry due to the lack of LCMS chaplains? Ministry to the Armed Forces is looking for pastors who will answer the call to serve as a chaplain to provide word and sacrament ministry to the men and women who selflessly serve our nation. Find out more about this exciting ministry by contacting me, Chaplain Craig Mueller, at lcmschaps at lcms.org. That is lcmschaps at lcms.org. I'm Pastor Ken Bomberger. Join me weekday mornings at 7.15 for Oratio, your time of scripture, meditation, and music on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. For years on Sunday mornings, worldwide KFUO has been broadcasting live worship services for those unable to attend worship, of those who enjoy hearing God's word. This Sunday, our 8 a.m. worship comes from Trinity Lutheran Church in Edwardsville, Illinois, with presiding pastor Reverend John Shank. Village Lutheran Church in Lindu, Missouri is our 1045 worship. Music starts at 1040 with presiding pastor Reverend Kevin Golden. Join us on Sunday mornings on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. In 1929, the Boston Symphony Orchestra commissioned Russian composer Igor Stravinsky, one of the most important composers of the first half of the 20th century, to compose a work to celebrate their 50th anniversary. A Symphony Time magazine later named the century's best classical piece. Stravinsky's Symphony of Psalms was a work in three movements for chorus and orchestra, the last of which is the longest, inspired by Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. In an interview, Stravinsky said that the Psalms are poems of exaltation, but also of anger and judgment and even of curses. He even included a section of music in the symphony inspired by Second Kings when Elijah's chariot climbs into the heaven. Engage with the Bible in its impact and influence in every sphere. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Now, welcome back to Let's Talk the Pastors In. Guest pastor today is Lance O'Donnell from Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. We are talking about the fourth commandment, honoring the parents, honoring mother and father. But what happens when there's a role reversal where the parents get aged and the child suddenly has to take over, I guess for want of a better word, parental control of the ailing parent? Is this... Is this honoring the parent? Is this honoring the father? Is this honoring the mother? And what about the uh, the view of the of, of the parent who suddenly now finds himself as a child? Oh boy, we're getting some heavy stuff here, Lance. You know, it is. I'm thinking, and I'm thinking again of the passage from um, Ephesians four. You know, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head that is Christ 
um, I, I think that this is the this is the great you know Luther the 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 most difficult art of being a Christian is properly dividing law and gospel, and and I think that's what Paul is talking about here. How do we speak the truth in love? And you know that's the that's the goal, regardless of which way the conversation is going. And you know how do I you know. <laughs> How many conversations have you had with your nephews? How many conversations have my brother and I and sister and I had with, you know, what are we observing with how mom is doing? How do we, you know, how do we recommend to her? You know, for example, my mother, God bless her, just yesterday um, decided that she had to give up her beloved dog. Oh, dear. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I'm not a dog person. I am. I um, know how heartbreaking that would be. Believe me. Yeah, and you know she's, you know, she has to use a walker. So, and this dog is a cocker spaniel mix thing, and it needs to run. And you know, he, she had a little um, aggressive behavior as mom and Aiden were packing up the house, and you know, mom is going to go be living living by my seven year old nephew, and she's just not sure that the dog won't snap on him and you know so on the one hand that's the rational thing you know for and for me the non-dog the non-dog guy it's a no-brainer mm-hmm. but you know my mom has been a widow now longer than she was married oh boy she was always an animal person um you know my parents had an a world champion old english sheepdog when i was born um those are beautiful animals. Beautiful, right? They loved, you know, her dogs have, you know, she had such a complicated relationship with her parents. Her dogs were always there for her. <laughs> you know, even when, you know, I mean, and I, I, you know, in a sense, I get that. And, you know, mom had to make that very difficult decision. And, you know, Shane and my, my, my brother Shane and my sister Brooke and I in different ways talked about that you know, kind of not behind mom's back, but in our own conversation saying, you know, we think that's what mom needs to do. How do we talk about this with her? You know, because it'd be easy conversation with me because I'm not a dog guy, but mom, that's a different thing. And, you know, so it's an easy kind yeah, easier, probably easier in some respects coming, you know, (laughs) coming from my brother who was, more understanding on that than I am because I'm not a dog guy. Um, well, well, in fact, the uh, dog my wife and I have right now, Tessa, uh, that was the situation with her. It was her uh, original owner and only owner uh, for like seven or eight years from the time she was a puppy. Uh, simply got too old and could no longer take care of her and so it turned her into uh, a, a very nice placement thing for dogs. And so we, we took her right out of that. And it looks like we're going to be doing it again. My wife, my wife has just found another dog that she wants to adopt, who is in the guy in, in exactly the same situation. So we may wind up with yeah. another one. Yeah, and that's and that's just, this is what my mom has done for years is yeah. rescue dogs, and um, you know, and now so the dog's got a little couple of issues because of whatever the previous ownership was, and but now you know now mom has to get rid of that dog that she loves and has helped rehabilitate. Um, you know, because she can't keep up with the dog and there's a little bit of an anger issue there and she can't have that around her nephew or her grandson. I understand. 
Yeah, and you get it, right? That's, oh, I get it. Um, and, you know, the dog's life has just been turned upside down. Uh, you know, the dog is mm-hmm. confused and frightened, doesn't know what's going on. So, you know, what, what happens on the other side of that conversation, then, is, you know, from my standpoint, um, you know, I, I'm, trying to under, I'm trying to be understanding and have a couple conversations with mom, you know, or trying to speak the truth and love, you know, mom, I understand, right? Your, you know, your kids are complicated. The dog is not complicated. <laughs> you know, the dog just, the dog just loves you. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, and I think I said that probably in almost those exact terms to her. Um, I, you know, I get mom that the dog just loves you. Uh, but, um, boy, that dog really needs to run. Right. I mean, and you can't run with the dog. It's just, and, you know, we got a little bit of a snappy behavior now. I said, you know, Mom, I, you know, I said, Mom, you're a grown woman. And, you know, you're fully capable, and I, I can't tell you what to do, but I'm telling you, I just don't know that it's wise. Well, fortunately, she saw that. And it's, it's difficult. Well, she but... did, and then she backtracked and was going to take the dog, and then we had, you know, and then there was an issue, and then she said, I got to do it. Um, and that's, I think, often how it is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, I've never had to give up a dog. I've had to put a couple down, and that's just heartbreaking. Uh, but I, I think in the families, you know, when, when, you know, for our listeners, this is often how it is. You do your best to speak the truth in love. You know, when you know you got to speak, and whether it's a child to a parent or, quite frankly, even the other way around, um, you, you know, my encouragement, you try and bathe that in prayer, you know, Lord grant me wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, because our call, you know, it, your calling as a Christian is to try and speak the truth in love, you know, and our understanding of the truth is incomplete. And so you speak it as best you can in as loving a way as you can. And sometimes people are not going to make the decisions you think they should make. And part of living in a family is, you live with the fallout. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and sometimes that means when you recognize you've made a bad decision, saying, you know, you can be stubborn and prideful, you know, or you can say, <laughs> you know, well, I was I, stubborn and prideful. Yeah, and I can think of Forgive a few. me. Yeah. I can think of a few myself on that. <laughs> Well, let's change the perspective on this a little bit, uh, Lance. You and I have been talking mostly about how we, as as the children of our aging parents, uh, mm-hmm. invoke and follow the fourth commandment as they get older. What about them when they realize that they're going to have to surrender some of their authority, some of their, their, their freedom? Their, mm-hmm. their, what about them? How do they respond to it? And again, how does the how does the fourth commandment apply to them? Well, there's also right. You're also the parents. So I'm. Th- this, there's a great passage in Ephesians six that, that I think is the uh, a great kind of summary. You know, fathers do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Um, you know, part of a goal is, you know, a parent, you know, when you're a parent, you're always a parent, you know, and the relationship with the kids changes, but you're always a parent. And so, 
you know, if you're actually having a conversation with your kids, you can, you can probably tell that you're exasperating them or you can sense it. And, you know, if you sense that with your kids, you know, it, it behooves you to have a conversation about why. I can see, you know, I, I sense you're exasperated. Why? Um, now, that's if you're, everything is in your right mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, while that occurs. And, you know, I would say to parents, it's, it, you know, it's never too late to treat your children like adults and be an adult with them. You know, to say, you know, I'm scared. I don't want to give up all my stuff. I don't want to get rid of my dog. You know, this dog is always there for me. Um, I don't want to get all the, rid of all the pictures of your dad in all the paintings. I don't want to get rid of that piece of furniture mm-hmm. because it was there, and we had all those memories in that house, and we stored all these things. I don't want to get rid of that. And, uh, you know. And then your, your son or your daughter comes up and says, gee, Mom, sorry, you got to do it anyway. And, uh, ooh, boy. Well, you know, and well, for the for the parent that's older, I mean, you try and I mean, you also you try and be as self aware as you can, um, and be as honest as you can, you know, with with your kids, and you know, try and place yourself in some you know in their in their shoes. You know, we had, you know, just with my mom, and again, my mom's only seventy seven, but we've got. You know, got, got some serious health issues. Um, I mean, not super serious, but she's not as mobile. And you know, I mean, I really thought she'd be wiser off living in an a in an apartment in a kind of a fifty-five plus community around people. And you know, that would have been absolutely my preference um, because I think she's better when she's around other people. But you know. She wanted to rent a little house because she doesn't want to totally give up her independence. I mean, she's not going to have it. She's not going to give it up until she really can. And we've had a lot of conversation about it over the last few months. And, you know, and I'm okay with that. Uh, It took me a while. I'm okay, a lot more okay with it now because of the conversations we've had than I was six months ago. You know, six months ago, I would have said, golly, she's just so bloody stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, now we've had a lot of back and forth. I have an appreciation. You know, my son was just down there packing up, um, looking at pictures and, um, you know, and I've been married longer now as well. And I have a greater appreciation for what giving up all that stuff means. Well, let's look at ourselves here, you and me, uh, one of these days, we're going to find ourselves in that situation. Mm-hmm. How do we prepare for that? You know, in my case, I'm frankly because you know, I don't have kids, right? So I'm not sure what the heck I'm going to wind up doing if I get to the point where I can no longer care for myself. Well, you've got some legal stuff to do. I mean, one is you know who's going to, um, you know, having a having a will and some of that. You know, who gets to make the decision stuff? I've already done some of that. Yeah, and that's. I mean, that's. Uh, that's really, really, really helpful um, to have that stuff and to have that 
conversation. There's also, you know, with the, just the things. I mean, people get so tied to things and, you know, family memorabilia, memorabilia and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's having, work, having it worked out ahead of time, trying to be as equitable as possible in, you know, who gets, who gets what and having that. So it does, having, getting that worked out and everybody knows it ahead of time is really helpful. Um, you know, and then, and then being honest, you know, I mean, we had, for example, with some of my mom's stuff, I'm really thankful for some of the conversations that we had recently. She has some valuable older furniture, um, that we had, you know, hoped, you know, maybe would go to one of my kids, but, um, or one of the other nieces or nephews, but, uh, you know, now's the time for her to move. There's no place to put it in the new place. Mm-hmm. We don't have any place for it. And none of our kids are getting married yet and having their own places. And so it, you know, it just made sense for her to sell a couple pieces, you know, and we're sorry to see him go, but you know, sell a couple pieces and make them make some money and help her get a better bed when she moves to North Carolina. Well, I know when my, uh, <laughs> this is so typical of my mother, believe me, uh, even though she died unexpectedly, when my brother and I went went to clean out the apartment, every single piece of thing, she had a little list on, this goes to my sister Carla, this goes to my sister Valerie, that goes to my sister Bobby. <laughs> she had it all mind. labeled out. Everything and did they all there. want it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, okay. we got a couple of calls from the uh from the uh, aunt saying, "Oh, did did she tell you that I want, I was supposed to get such and such a thing?" But oh yeah, but that was that was my mother. <laughs> right. Well, and that you know, and the, your mother probably did you guys a service. Oh, definitely, definitely. Right. If because if she had if she hadn't done that, I mean, we're talking about from that perspective. If she hadn't done that, there might have been some squabbling. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, she absolutely did, and that's a lesson I think that. That you and I uh, can take, uh, you know, getting 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 older uh, is, you know, you've got four kids. Yep. And that's something perhaps maybe this you need to discuss with them. You know, just along the line. You know, hopefully, you know, the the day is not going to come, der Tag, as mother used to call it. Um, you know, <laughs> der for, Tag. Der Tag. Yeah, the day <laughs> for for many years. But, you know, there's no guarantees in life except that you're not going to get out of it alive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, could I might not get home tonight. I know that. Uh, but this is something, you know, that perhaps you can discuss with your children right now. I mean, I've, I, have- I, to- I totally agree. And I'm thankful for the thankful for the encouragement because it is encouraging people to talk about that stuff mm-hmm. is an act of love. Oh, I especially, think so. you know, especially when you know that dividing that stuff up can be conflictual in families to try and head that off by talking about it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 just flat out wisdom. Well, I've had some preliminary discussions with my nephews on on that. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot. My brother had nearly all the family items, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, you know, for example, I've, I've got a pretty good library. You know, so who, who's going to get the books? Uh, and which <laughs> books? You know, and uh, my one nephew happens to be in, like, like with me, he's a beer maker. I happen to have some some brewing 
material, and so he would get that. You know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be really difficult when my brother finally departs uh, because he has nearly all the things that the family had handed down from generations and most mm-hmm. of them are in storage right now so I'm going to have to go out there and figure out what the heck these things are because I don't even think the kids know what most of them are mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just dreading it well when do you have a chance to do that uh, when are you going to as your, as your brother of decent mind when's the last time you, see, you saw him um, I talked to him uh, I had a FaceTime with him just about uh, a week ago I try, to, I try to talk to him at least twice a month Mm-hmm. And no, he's he's very definitely all of his wits are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of stubborn sometimes. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe a trip out there to do that. I don't know where your nephews live in relationship to him, but yeah, yeah. same neighborhood, same neighborhood. Yeah, they all live in the so, same area. You know, maybe getting out there and planning a trip and having a planning a powwow while you're out there isn't a bad deal. Well, it's in the back of my mind, uh, and you know, I, I'm. And to an extent, I'm really kind of dreading the thought of having to do it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I don't want to face the fact that the end is going to be around someplace. Mm-hmm. I, I could deal with my own death better than his. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, you know, nevertheless, you you know, I mean, right, you just said it. You know what the right thing to do is yeah. there for your brother and for your nephews. And then, well, then you just, you got to plan and do it. And if you don't, then you'll have to deal with the fallout. Yeah, um, and it's going to happen. And you know, the and the two nephews are so very, very different from each other. So I got to figure out that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's part of right. Families are complicated. <laughs> but what will we do without them? Yeah, families are complicated. You know, and, and you know anybody that says otherwise, you know, hasn't lived or and certainly hasn't read the Bible. Um, so, what, what does the Bible actually say about family? Does it actually, it actually says it sanctions? This is what is supposed to be. So, repeat the question. It's probably a silly question, but I'm saying, does, does the Bible specifically define what is a family? Well, I believe so. I mean, you, I mean, you're right. The husband leaves his father and mother, and the two become one flesh, and you know, then they have their then they have their children. Um, and so, you know, and then those children get married and they have, have their own. So, you know, you have a father and mother, you have a father and mother and, and, and children, and yet you also have the commandment, you're also together by, you know, by those, kin, by those kinship relations. Uh, we have a, you know, there's a, there's a deeper you know the the true the true family is the, is the family is the family of God that crosses all those blood boundaries. You know, no, everybody. You know, no one. Everybody that's a Christian is adopted. Oh yeah. So you know the, you know there's uh, the fa- the family of faith is ma- is made by, you know, is made by God's adoption. So, oh. but I think the basic gen you know the basic Genesis passage there. You know that the two become one flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's your there's your basic unit, but you know it. It's, but there is it, a family, it, it, the spiritual family. I know my my pastor always talks about brothers and sisters in Christ when referring to the con- the congregation and themselves. Abs- you know, absolutely, and the congregation is, in many respects, a big extended family mm-hmm. with all the 
<laughs> a dysfunction that is uh, that is often that is often there. I mean, we you know we're all simultaneously saints and sinners, yeah. and you know, and we bring that and we bring that to congregational life. And like in family life, when we, you know, we sometimes, you, you know, you got stuff going on at work and you can't control what's going on in work. And so you take it out on your family. Same type of things happen in churches all the time. Um, you know, I can't control what my wife or kids do, so I'm going to do this in church or I can't or vice versa. You know, um, that was one thing my father was very, very good at was separating family from 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 work. He had definitely had two roles to fill. Yeah, and, and depending on the type of work, in uh, the type of man, <laughs> or you know that, you know, I, I, if you're if you're a farmer, I think it's harder to separate work and family stuff. Yeah. Or if you have a family-owned business or something like that, it gets more it gets more challenging. Yeah. Well, Dad is a broadcast the, journalist, so. Yeah, that's right. Your dad was a broadcaster. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Genetic recessive trait, which I inherited. <laughs> no, it's wonderful. Um, but you know, I mean, I remember, you know, my my first ten years as a pastor, we lived in the we lived in the parsonage. Uh, in our case, it was literally attached to the church, mm-hmm. and at times that was a real blessing. You know, when when my wife was pregnant with our our daughter Phelan, who's sixteen now. Um, she, Carrie was on, my wife was on bed rest for five months. Oh, wow. You know? And so, you know, me being there attached, you know, my office attached to the church, you know, and she, she had two other <laughs> young children running around, um, being able to be there, you know, go eat lunch with my family was a blessing, you know, but if there, if there was some trouble or something, um, you know, it was what, 15 steps or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I often didn't get rid of that really well. Well, Lance, I hate to tell you, you can tell by the music, we've just about hit the time. Yeah. But I want to thank you for joining and sharing these things with, with myself and with the audience, and I hope maybe we've done some good. I hope so, too. Thank you for the a really excellent question, and I hope it's helpful to the people who listened. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In. A weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.